This is Americana Podcast, the 51st state. operates within a given music community is bound to be familiar with the phrase, I can't believe you've never heard of them. And if you haven't heard it, you've definitely said it, and it's best to just own up to it now. We forgive you. Even at the best of times, it's a sentence that stings a little. Granted, the person who's saying it and how they're saying it has a huge effect on how it can be interpreted. It can be an enthusiastic, I can't believe you've never heard of them and I can't wait to blow your mind with this amazing artist that I think you'll love. Or it can be downright snobby and be, I can't believe you've never heard of them and I know more than you. Either way, the inference is that you're missing out somehow. That you're not truly in the know about the genre or a scene, and you've been missing that one corner piece to a thousand piece puzzle this entire time. I want you to know that it's okay to have not heard of an artist before. (laughs) There's so much available to these days, it's impossible to know every single musician on the circuit. And it's a downright Herculean task to be familiar with everyone's discography. What's not okay is not trying to find new music. It doesn't have to be new, new, or old, or a singular genre. It just has to be new to you. Because when you find that one artist or one song that just fills your spirit, you'll be thinking, the whole world should know about this. Why doesn't the whole world know about this person who has the capability to make people feel good with their art? And it's a feeling you can't trade for anything. One such artist who we're pleased to have today on Americana Podcast is Josh Morningstar. Originally from Funkstown, Maryland, Josh is a singer-songwriter now based in Kentucky. He's toured with the contemporary greats, including Tyler Childers, Coulter Wall, Shooter Jennings, and Todd Snyder. He's written hit songs for artists including Cody Jinks and Hayes Carl, and is just an overall songsmithing son of a gun. Josh only has one album out currently, but it's the kind of record where content surpasses sophomore slumps. The manner in which Morningstar interweaves homegrown grit, humor, and heartache with a Superman-like knack for rhythm is just out of this world. He's someone who's not afraid of writing about the harsh realities of life, but is also unafraid of still choosing to make those realities poetically stunning. So join us today as our host, Robert Earl Keane, speaks with Josh about his upbringing, songwriting, and co-writing. Also, as an added bonus, and for the first time on Americana Podcast, Josh Morningstar plays two full songs live. So you'll be able to say to your friends, I can't wait for you to hear him. I'm your producer, Clara Rose, and this is Americana Podcast, The 51st State. Got this shovel and I got this spade. I got this day that the good Lord made. The George Clay, a mule named Jack. Farms tan and an almanac 
Hard times have come to visit, ain't for the faint of heart now, is it? If there's bad, the good comes with it. Life's garden, I just dig it. Hello, everyone. I'm Robert O'Keen, and you are listening to Americana Podcast, the 51st State. And today, we are so delighted to have singer-songwriter Josh Morningstar. Howdy, Josh. Hello, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we'll just start with uh, the roots. Uh, uh, here's a question for you. Funkstown, Maryland, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, how many times have you heard a quip or a joke about the Rick James song? Every time I say something. <laughs> or every time someone finds out that I'm from Funkstown, Maryland. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, what I'm referring to is the, what it was probably, 80s or yeah. 80s yeah. hit, Funky Town. Yes, sir. Won't you take me to Funky Town? Isn't that Funky right? Town. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That that'll just segue right into my next question, which is: I've read you don't consider yourself a singer, yet you sang in the choir growing up. Who who do you consider a great singer? Oh man, uh, there's a million of them off the top of my head. Elvis was probably number one as far as like singing ability goes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean Elvis, uh, and then you have ladies. Uh, Aretha Franklin is. She's brought many tears to my eyes. Uh, there's, yeah, Michael Jackson was a great singer. Uh, there's people that have that technical singing ability that that I don't. I sing kind of out of necessity, <laughs> uh, and and I'm an acquired taste, but uh, it's, it's something I enjoy doing. Anyway, but my thought is, um, uh, for me, for my taste, uh, your your uh, singing style and your your laid back sort of really good relaxed feel that you have with the voice I, I would call you the Don Williams of Americana music wow uh, wow I love Don Williams man <laughs> uh, one of my, if Hollywood don't need you I still do yeah, man that right. was one of my most favorite Don Williams songs yeah they used to they I used to know a guy that played the drums for Don Williams and he'd say uh in the in the speaker that he'd tell the sound man, could you turn the exciter up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I need one of them buttons too. Yeah. I need an exciter button. So uh who would you consider your very first musical influence? Well well I, when I was growing up, uh I I lived with my grandparents the majority of the time and my grandpa's number one go to was Hank Williams. Really? So from a very early age I, I heard Hank Williams. Um and then I was born in eighty three, so I, I basically grew up in the nineties, uh and guys like well, you know, I'm a thirteen year old kid wanting to rebel against my parents at that time. It's it's hip hop music. So uh that became a real big influence as well. Uh, just the good hip hop in its in its you know good form is is a form of poetry, man. So I was really influenced by that at the same time as I had all the other side of the spectrum as well uh -huh. from living uh -huh. with my grandparents. So that, that, that's a really great insight for me about the hip hop because mm -hmm. I, I do think that you're truly a master of rhyming and putting wow. together words in a in a rhyming way in a very strong pattern and understandable narrative so i, I th you know that that's uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's a, that's something that that i i wouldn't i wouldn't ever <laughs> even stretch to call you hip-hop but 
some of your songs really have that great sort of bop, 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 bop kind of feel, you know? Sir, that meant so much to me to hear you say that. You have no idea. I don't, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. So uh, your uh, was your the guitar your first instrument? It was, yes, sir. Oh. And then uh, we had a piano around the house. And once I got a, a, a grip on the guitar and how it, you know, the mechanics of it and how it worked, then I started tinkering around on the piano. And then uh, and I played all kinds of different instruments throughout, uh, you know, middle school and high school, the saxophone, the drums, the clarinet. I uh, was on flute for a while. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none yeah. to a sort of situation. I, I can uh, fiddle around on a bunch of different stuff, but there isn't one that, that I would say I've, I've mastered in any way, uh-huh. but the guitar is probably my best. Yeah, I, I saw you at a recent concert playing some air drum, and yeah. so I thought, so so I I thought, you know, this guy he is pretty good air drumming. So hey, I man. thought, so I thought this guy's might have sat behind a drum kit before, you know. I, I've sat and tinkered, uh, yeah. but but yeah, that's it's just fun. And other instruments are fun, you uh-huh. know, and you never know what it'll open up in in your mind, right. and melody, or, or who knows, you know. Uh-huh. So. So uh, when you get to the piano, have you written some songs on the I piano? Have. Yes, sir, I oh. have. Uh, not a whole lot, uh, just because, you know, guitar is much easier to transport. But uh, uh, I have written some songs. Uh, my song, Damn These Birds, started on the piano. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. That, that's how it makes that uh, that really cool sort of opening up change there to the to, to the chorus, right? It came from that, you know? yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I really love that change. It just... It's like uh, it's going along, you're getting the information, and then it just has this beautiful sort of, you know, damn these birds. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love that. Thank you. I met whip and whip, said, let's make a bet. Gave me a hundred pills and morphines and Percocets. Bet I couldn't take them all. If I didn't, I didn't die. You teach me how to fall, because he can't teach me how to fly. These birds, damn these birds. Their ways persuasive words Killing pain that doesn't hurt Damn these birds So, um, like I said before, you have a real gift for uh, rhyming and making uh, rhyming words into a strong narrative. Um, to what degree would you say that you edit your songs? Each one's different, I think. Um, some, I think... Think come out fully formed with just a little, you know, word change here or there. Others, I, I definitely spend some time with. Uh, the first one that I wrote that uh, Cody Jinks recorded, that just kind of came out for some reason, and and he changed a few words here and there. Uh, but then there's other ones that that I go over and over and over in my head, and and just a little. Most the the song Hayes and I wrote, uh, we edited that over like two and a half months uh-huh. so um it it it's different for each one um i'd say in general i'm probably in the middle right. you know right so we we're talking earlier about uh about being able to turn off your brain to song songs and uh in that you know you get lines or ideas for songs stuck in your head and that flat out keep you from sleeping, <laughs> yes, sir. and even like having a normal conversation. Fortunately, I'm not thinking of a song right now, so <laughs> we can we can do this interview. But but 
if you get in that pinch where you just it's really driving you crazy, what what do you do to escape that feeling or that 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 endless loop? That's one of my biggest problems, sir. I don't I I don't really have any hobbies outside. Everything that I enjoy seems to be attached to music in some way, and uh, you know, music is nothing but song. It's songs, you know, so. Uh, that's it. It drives me crazy, and I think that's part of the where my mental problems. You know, the the things we all have in our head. I think, and I recognize it. The problem is, I just don't. I just haven't found anything else that I enjoy. I enjoy. I bought a motorcycle last year, and I enjoy riding that. And for a while, that was helping to shut it off. But now it's just like any other activity where even when I'm on a bike, it's song ideas. And I'm looking, trying to figure out ways to describe the horizon. You know what I mean? And and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, however, like when you get to that point where you're working through this and then you have some kind of discovery, is that is that some kind of release? I mean, I'm sure... Definitely, right? definitely. Uh, then the flip side of that coin is when I don't come up with something, you know, then I, I beat myself up unmercifully about it. Uh, I try to hold myself and my work in, even if it's like a goofy song or about something, I, I try to hold my work to a, a certain uh, uh, standard. Uh, and, and, you know, the the people I look up to, um, you know, Towns and Hank and, and yourself and, and all these people. Um, I tell myself that everyone at some point has written a bad song that no one has heard and it's part of the process. But for some reason, I can't let mine go. They just they beat me down and beat me down and, and get me down on myself and... So I've I've been I've been trying to figure. That's why I'd asked you about it because I'm I'm struggling over here with songs, man. And songs should not be something that that do that to you. Right. You know, it, it's like chasing a high. Right. And, and yeah, oh. I'm sorry to go on like <laughs> no, that. That's man. all, that's all right. I, I understand. It can be very very taxing. You know, I, I found and I and I have spent many nights where I couldn't, you know, fall asleep just for the need to either fix the song within the song somehow or find that next next part of the song that you're looking for to, to mm-hmm. finish it, right? And that's and that can uh, that can be totally maddening. I mean, uh, you know, I I've um I've I've, you know, <laughs> Who knows? You know, there are songs that uh, I ended up, you know, worrying over too much and turned out maybe my first version of the whole thing was better than what I'd been working on, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I've got a whole, you know, I've got a bunch of terrible, terrible songs. Uh, one of my favorite ones that I always like to uh, remind myself and everybody else in the world that's listening, uh, as I, I wrote a song called The Salmon Chair. Uh, the Salmon Chair has no name, it has no name, it has no name, right? And, I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and believe me, it was like, in the end, I thought, well, this is a really stupid song, but it's kind of weird, <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of fun, so I kind of let it go, you know? But in yeah. in my first idea with that was, I'm going to make this into a real song, which it never became that. It yeah. just became this kind of bizarre, absurdist song, you know. But 
you know, some, sometimes I let them go. Sometimes I don't let them go. You know? I, I try to tell myself that uh, maybe even Van Gogh drew like pornography stick figures on the bathroom <laughs> stall. You know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. got. Yeah, but. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, there's ghosts in autumn houses, town on 6 and 17. If you listen closer, whisper, son, this shit ain't what it seems. They've heard the voice of angel, watch the devil make a sale. All the dreamers and the schemers and the kings and queens that fell. They seen them come, they seen them go. The revolving door they call the road. Uh, so I, I want to talk about a, a specific song, uh, Pulling weeds. Um, I, 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 what 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 touches me about that particular song is it it has it just has a hint of sadness, but there's no great unless correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't hear any bitterness in that song. I I hear this sort of like this is my life and this is what I do. And does how much does that reflect your, your own personality? Uh, a lot. Uh, I, I try to, to be, you know, I'm in, I'm in recovery. Uh, so I try, one of the things they teach you is just try to do the next right thing. And, and that kind of plays into what that song's about. I, I look at that song as just a, you know, keep going, keep working on yourself, you know, tend to your garden, so to speak, you know, um, you, you know, nothing comes easy, at least nothing worth doing. Everything takes work. So if, uh, if, if you just keep pulling weeds, you'll hopefully be all right. Right. You know? Right. So here at Americana podcast, we like to evolve and be flexible and it's rare to have someone play live on this show, but, um, you know, if you don't mind, if you'll indulge me, I'd, uh, honest, I'd, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to hear pulling weeds if you can play that. shovel and I got this spade I got this day that the good Lord made the Georgia clay a mule named Jack a farmer's tan and an almanac hard times have come to visit ain't for the faint of heart now is it if there's bad, the good comes with it Life's a garden, I just dig it I hold my row and sow my seed Take care of what takes care of me I'd stop to smell the roses Watch the willows in the breeze But as long as there's still dirt I know I'm always gonna be Pulling weeds Pulling weeds I got my tools in these two hands A worried mind, this blood-stained land Chance to take, will to prove so much left that I have to do 
When I gaze upon the garden, I see the forest full of trees. There's always thorns on roses, so I'm always gonna be pulling weeds. Pulling weeds. Down here on my knees. This day that the good Lord made. Wow. Thank you, sir. That is absolutely beautiful. I, 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 could, just, I could just have a handwritten version of that in a frame. It's uh, one, one beautiful piece. I hope and you know how much music it means with to it me, is, uh, uh, it just supports it. Fantastic. That's I just hope you know how much that means to me, sir. Uh, my pleasure. Old man in the corners preaching fables And telling us we're all just bound for hell And the witch swung over to his table Afraid she'll buy the lies he's trying to sell The water's dry inside the wishing well so um, uh, let's talk about co-writing a little bit, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so your first co-writing experience? Was a little awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I came totally unprepared. I had never done it before. I didn't know what was expected of me. And uh, it was a video, um, video conference thing with uh, Steve Dean. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, Roundabout Way for Straight and uh, Southern Star for Alabama. Couple, uh-huh. you know. right. So that made me look real good coming in with a, a number one songwriter without any ideas or anything. <laughs> to So I looked real well. And that I felt so bad afterwards about that it kind of shut me off from it. And then uh, I played a show with a guy named Kendall Marvel who's written a bunch of Stapleton stuff and, and other stuff. And he said, let's get together. And that when we did get together i came in much more prepared and new and and we got a song that day and and mm-hmm. made me feel better about the whole experience right. Right, but right. uh i came up under the school of you write your own songs so yeah. it, it mm-hmm. it's still a little weird to me um but it's something that i have grown to enjoy doing so uh in the world of co-writing what what format do you prefer um uh, that being Sitting down in a room like we're together today and write writing a song, or mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe sending somebody a hook line or a, or, or a title or something. I've I've done it both ways. Um, uh-huh. I I'm big on uh, like energy exchanges, live crowd, being uh-huh. in a room with the. Pro- right. I feel you can. Mm-hmm. There's just something that you lose when you do it virtually. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've I've tried with a couple of people to write songs back and forth through texts and um it's always worked better like somebody will send me the idea I get some ideas in my head and then we get together and do it. Uh-huh. Um so but you know in in 2020 um I've also done a lot of you know Zoom and FaceTime co-writes as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I had to kill that time somehow, sure. you know. Sure. Uh so it's but but my preferred method is definitely sitting in a room with someone uh-huh. and right right uh, you, you uh, do you ever write with more than one other person? The most I've done is three. Uh-huh. Um, I've I've done a couple with um, Kendall, who I mentioned, and uh-huh. Cody Jenks, uh-huh. and, and that dynamic seems to work well. Uh-huh. I think any more than three may get a little complicated. Uh-huh. I don't know because I haven't done it, but I've, uh-huh. I know how it gets with three people. Yeah. So I'd imagine sure. you know the more. The more people, the more it could uh, yeah. it, it could get tricky. Yeah, but. yeah. You ever have that sort of man? Nothing is happening here. Yes, sir. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little scary. Yeah, and then or knowing or knowing when to cut it or not knowing being knowing it needs to be cut and being too afraid to say anything about yeah, it. You know, right? Like, man, this isn't going anywhere. But you want so bad to finish it. It's, right. Songwriting, man, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I'd have to say um, I'm always looking at things uh, as as not just the process, but the result. And mm-hmm. so, in the world of result, you're yeah. you're knocking it out of the park, man. So I, <laughs> I, I, let, I would I would take it easy on yourself a little <laughs> bit on that. I think you've got some great stuff. Um, how was writing with uh, Hayes Carl? Man, I love Hayes. I was. Uh, I was a, a big fan of his and have been for years before I ever met him or had the chance to write with him. And man, he's been so nice to me. Uh-huh. He's he's such a great guy. Yeah. And uh man, it, it's there's those those things that you you really want to happen and you're not sure if if they ever will and right. that was one of them for me and I think we got a great song out of it. Uh-huh. Um that that I'm very proud of, and I'm very proud to have written it with him. Yeah, and that's called "Help Me Remember." Could you help me yeah. remember? Yeah. Yes, sir. Could you help me remember? Yes, sir. Right, right. And you know, while we still got the guitar up and going, you, you, you would you mind playing that one? Sir, uh, yeah. I'd be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is called "Could You Help Me Remember." Leaves on that ancient old oak tree starting to turn The same shade as the flames of the fire I'm watching burn There's an unfinished crossword resting on the arm of my chair For the life of me, I don't know if I'm the one left to dare. It feels so familiar as I watch you walk into the room. I may not recognize your face, but I damn sure recognize that perfume. You kneel down beside me and gently take hold of my hand I say, baby, I'm scared, I'm not sure I know who I am Could you help me remember who it is that I used to be? 
Could you tell me the story of my family, our hopes and our dreams? Did I protect my children? Did I stand up for my friends? Was there damage that I did? Did I ever make amends? Did I light up your life like a full moon at night in December? Could you please help me remember? I try to make sense of these old photographs on the wall. They're just places and traces of faces that I can't recall. There's a ring on my finger, it's golden but faded and worn. It was forging the fires of love somehow weathered the storm. Could you help me remember I'm afraid I'm losing my mind I know we have a story but it's getting harder to find Did I stand up and be counted? Did I just fold? Did I do things as a young man I'd be proud of when I'm old? Was I house on fire? Was I just a slow burning ember? Could you please help me remember? take a quick break, and we'll be back with Josh Morningstar shortly. At Americana Podcast, it is our goal to define and expand on the genre of Americana music. With help from our sagacious surveyor sound waves, we'll vote. This is Will's Pick. Lily Winwood, the title track from her new record, California. Steve Winwood played a major role in the British rock and roll scene starting in the 1960s. At age 14, he was the voice of Spencer Davis Trio, and from there went on to be one of the founding members of Traffic and the early supergroup Blind Faith. His distinctive vocals, skill on the Hammond B3, and songwriting talent helped shape the exciting musical era. It is no surprise that his daughter Lily is following in his footsteps in the music business. Born to Steve and his American wife, Lily spent most of her early life in England. In 2015, and looking for a change, she moved to Nashville, Tennessee. At that time, Lily was already writing songs and had played several bands with her brother. In Nashville, she recorded an EP called Silver Stage and began touring behind it in 2017. Lily has now recorded a full-length album, which is to be coming out soon. The first single from that record is called, you guessed it, California, and is a melodic ode to the open road and the joy of wandering the world in search of a beautiful place. Her lyrics capture this feeling of looking and then finding a spot in a more metaphysical way that is very meditative and pleasing to the ear, thus making it Will's Pick. Up with the West and me, there's few and far in between.
So can you tell us about the um, evolution of, uh, 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 of must have been the whiskey from, you know, the time you ha- had the idea and all the way through the time it became a billboard hit and, you know, how, how, how it was to write the song and then it evolved into a hit and how it affected your life. Uh, okay, so I was living in Pennsylvania at the time with my family, and uh, for some reason I would always the bathroom was my place to write. I knew no one would uh, no one would bother me in there, and uh, so so that's where I ended up writing all my songs. So anyway, I'm I'm always a ball of nervous energy. I'm a pacer. If I'm on the phone or if I'm writing or if I'm doing you know anything like that, I'm I'm pacing. Uh, so. I was pacing in. I was in the bathroom pacing with my guitar, and I started. Uh, I started this chord progression. It's just real simple: E minor, C D, million songs. But the way that I was playing it, it I was like, man, I could hear Cody doing something over that. So, da, 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 da. I, you know, I was familiar with Cody's music. He's he's one of my favorites too, and uh, so it didn't take long. It, it might have been forty five minutes or so, and. And I had it, and uh, didn't. That was one of those where I didn't do a whole lot of editing. I knew that uh, Cody, not that he enjoys wordy songs, but he likes songs that have a certain rhythmic feel to the melody line. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I hung on to it. I I had met Cody, and we become friends, but I didn't want to pitch it to him right away. Uh, so I I he he did two nights at the Ryman and. The first night I was there, and I'd never been to a concert where you could feel this sense of uh, like accomplishment and and pride, and just an overall feeling of love in the air, as if it was this tangible thing, and you could reach out and touch it. I, I'd never felt that at a show before. And uh, a, f- a few days later, I, I texted him and I said, "Man, that was that was beautiful, man. I, that was so inspiring. I'm I'm so glad I was there." you know thank you and uh and he texted me back and said uh you know whatever well well he didn't say whatever i'm saying whatever to well, show sure, you yeah, know okay sure. so uh so he said i'm going into the studio do you have any songs you think would would work for my record and even if i don't if someone asked me if i have a song for their record even if i don't as uh, a songwriter uh, i do you know yeah, sure, i will yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. so uh but I did. I had that must be the whiskey song, and and I knew when I wrote it that if I waited for the perfect time to pitch it to him, he'd probably really dig it. Uh-huh. Well, it must have been the perfect time. I sent it over to him, and about thirty minutes later, he sent me back a guitar vocal demo of him doing it. Wow! Yeah, and that's a wordy song, man. There's a mm-hmm. there's ten million words in that song, and I mm-hmm. think that's one of my biggest problems. I think as a songwriter, is I'm very very wordy, and I probably could stand for some more editing and and. You know, cutting it down, but um, yeah. Thirty minutes later, he sent me a, a copy of that, of a, a work tape of that uh, song, and mm-hmm. it's still my most favorite version of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So then, when it hit the radio, you, uh, uh, I, I cried, man. <laughs> I, I, I cried, man. I'd never had that happen before. I've been uh, doing this. I've been on the road for uh, sixteen years now, and. I had never had anyone cut one of my tunes, was always told I was too unique for anyone to record any of my songs other than myself. And um, 
so it it was an accomplishment for me you know so yeah i, I cried man i cried yeah yeah so when you play that song and people think well they're just coming to see josh morningstar this guy's really cool and he writes really cool songs and then you pull that out is there kind of a, like a shock yeah oh yeah, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. there is and that's the one that normally people will sing along to for some yeah. reason it's one of the wordy ones but yeah. because of cody they know those words they took the time to learn those words and they'll sing along to it yeah. it's wild man it's wild actually before i pitched it to cody um i'd send it to josh his basis just because josh and i have a different kind of relationship uh -huh. than cody and i do i said what do you think of this and he told me it's too wordy uh -huh. <laughs> take some words out and then yeah but uh cody didn't take any words out he just changed a few words here and there and uh yeah it's Very god cool. bless him man god bless him. yeah and congratulations i mean that's a, you know uh sometimes in the you know in the whole world of uh, singer songwriter going around the country uh it almost seems like the other part of the music world is just not even from the same solar system and and to cross that cross that that chasm is really a real accomplishment and sometimes it takes a lot of luck sometimes it's just you know like I say right time right place kind of thing yeah. you know I've been drinking to remember and drinking to forget I got I love you on my mind and Jim Beam on my breath and loneliness has got the rest I got nothing left within me it must be going to talk about here is uh, here on americana podcast we uh, endeavor to define and expand this genre and first of all i'd like to ask you if you consider yourself an americana artist um so the best way i can explain what i do uh guy clark had a quote and he says i'm not a country singer i just write songs and i sing them i'm guy clark <laughs> that's you know and that's kind of the best way that i can describe my music i i don't think i'm country i don't know if i'm americana i know um and and not to put anybody down at all but i know a lot of the americana people have have when i've met them seem to be really cool for me you know what i mean and and uh so i i don't know i i don't know man uh i don't know what i am i just i write songs and i sing them Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. I'm. I'm damn happy to be on the Americana podcast, though. I tell you <laughs> what. Thank you so <laughs> much. You are welcome. Um, you know, but given that, uh, uh, would you? Are there three quintessential Americana artists uh, you could name? The living or dead? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I mean. Can I say you? Do you okay. consider yourself yeah. Americana? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely you. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if you put Guy in that category or not. Guy yeah. in Towns, I don't know. Yeah, I absolutely do. Okay, yeah. then, yep, yeah. that, that'd be Guy the Towns. three. I'm Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee. Pianos, pistols, rest in peace. Pentecostal, Gurry, and shot speed. Sing great balls of fire. Okay, 
Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and move to what uh, we call the lighter side. These are just, just simple sort of just anything. So who's your favorite country artist? Uh, by default, Hank Williams. Okay. Uh, favorite author? That gets tougher. Uh-huh. Um, that gets tougher. Uh, you, you, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, Two I or know. three artists, uh, this, authors uh, would be fine. I don't, I don't um, man, uh, would, does, do you count Edgar Allan Poe as an, as an author? Sure, okay. absolutely. Poe would yeah. be one of them. Uh, yeah. Maryland that, guy. He came from your yep. part of the Maryland, world, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's Baltimore. right. Baltimore. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, uh, Poe. I read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe. I can yeah. quote you. Annabelle Lee. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, Way to get down yeah. by the sea. Yeah. Uh, many, many years ago. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I read a lot of Poe. But, and then I read a lot of uh, like biographies. Like mm-hmm. I love... Uh, Tamara Saviano's God autobiography. Uh-huh. That's I think it's book. an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Harold Agers did a great job with the, uh, his Towns, Towns book. book like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's a really cool uh, biography on Hank Williams that Chet Flippo did, where um, uh-huh. it's sort of like the uh, Dave Hickey thing. Uh-huh. All right. It, it's sort of like that, where some of it's written first person from Hank's point of view and conversations and like right. that and. Uh, it, it may not be the most historically accurate uh-huh. Hank Williams biography, but it's definitely one of the most entertaining to read. Oh, great, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I've read some Chet Flippo before. He's, yeah. he's a great, yeah. he's a great, great music guy, great yeah. music writer. When you're at home, I think you've already answered this, but is there another way that you relax? I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. 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 The motorcycle is one way. It was, yeah. 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 And motorcycle. I still enjoy riding it. I just don't, I'm yeah. not able to shut my mind off right. as often. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell us about your next music project. Well, we're, I'm going to be working uh, on a record, I think, here now. If, that's if that record is released as a whole record at once or is split up over a uh, time uh, uh-huh. we haven't decided yet uh-huh. but uh, by the end of the year there should be something there. yeah mm-hmm. right and the last record was the plea yes sir yeah, and the plea plea is excellent i i recommend that Thank the you. plea it's a great record top to bottom love it love it love it love it love it now we're moving on to our lightning round here okay so um these are uh, this one is, I, I'm good with geography, but I'm not as good with Maryland geography and yeah, no history. Way. But I, I always kind of kind of think in terms of that. So uh, uh, just please forgive me, and if you want to tell me, you know, move to the next one, I'll do this. <laughs> but okay, so uh, our lightning round. Here we go. These are uh, some of them are either or, and some of them are um, uh, multiple choice. Okay, okay? ready? Uh, nationals or Orioles? Uh, Orioles all day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fig Newtons or Oreos? <laughs> That's a tough one. Oreos, I guess. That's my own little joke yeah. for myself. Nah, I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the TV series The Wire or the movie Diner? Um, Probably The Wire just because as messed up as it sounds, um, there was a time in my life where I was involved in that part of Baltimore. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, pretty real. It's not far off. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the I love, I love both of them. And the diners, I think, nineteen eighty two or something. So, so it, it's way back there. But uh, also, but very much a Baltimore yeah. movie, right? Mm-hmm. And in another, uh, the world of Baltimore movies, I think these were all done by Barry Levinson. So, uh, he's a Baltimore guy, mm-hmm. right? So, um, 
uh, there's a movie called Tin Man, and the lead was played by A, Richard Harris, B, Richard Beltzer, C, Richard Dreyfus, or D, Ricky Ricardo. Uh, Tin Man. Yeah. Um, I, was it Richard Dreyfus? Yes, sir. I thought bing, so. Bing, yeah. bing, bing, yeah. All right. Thank it, you for the multiple choice. I wouldn't have been able to do that without <laughs> it. But once you said Richard Dreyfus, I'm pretty sure it was him. In the same movie, Tin Men, Tin Men, I think it was Tin Men, set in the early 60s, the lead trades his sales product from aluminum siding to a car. What car was it? A, a Volkswagen Bug, B, a Ford Mustang, C, a Datsun, or D, a Ford Edsel? Was it the Mustang? Nope. Oh, well. uh, Volkswagen Bug. Uh, it's really it's really kind of a great ending to a movie because he's sitting there just he's, he's busting out and they, they, you know, the whole aluminum siding thing has gone south on him and everything and he's just like drives up to a corner and all of a sudden this Volkswagen Bug drives by <laughs> and he's like, wow. That's that's the future, right? That's awesome. That, yeah, I thought it was a very cool ending. That's awesome. Uh, Martin or Gibson? Oh, that's another tough one. Um, it, it depends. Um, sometimes I like uh, the the sound of a like a D eighteen. Uh-huh. I have one, you know, sitting uh-huh. out there. Uh, but my number one's a Gibson, so I guess I have uh-huh. to say Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, the uh, uh, Maryland is famous for cra- crabs, and um, uh, so we want to. We want this is multiple choice. Mm-hmm. The average cost of a half a bushel of crabs is fifty bucks. <laughs> is it right? Fifty yeah, bucks. Right. Yeah. There you go. Check. Yay! Yeah. All right. Plus. Okay. Uh, number seven: David Byrne or Frank Zappa? Man. Uh... Man, um, what drugs have I taken? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, there you go. Probably Zappa, man. Yeah, probably Zappa. Yeah. yeah, both Maryland guys. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, sir. Uh, dogs or cats? Uh, dogs. Okay. Uh, so you live in Kentucky now? Yes, sir. Right, right. So I have a couple of Kentucky. All right. Bring all right. You. Questions: Stephen Foster or Bill Monroe? Bill Monroe. Okay, uh, bourbon or bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, don't hang me in Kentucky for saying it, but I was a Jack Daniels man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. well shh. I can't me, go home now. Me too, but yeah, I, yeah right. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, our, our very last question has to do with the beautiful instrument that we feel needs a new name and the name that they call it now, which is just a tragedy and a crime. It's called the Hammond B3 organ. Do you have an alternate name for the Hammond B3? Um, can we, how about we just call it Soulful? We'll just call it the Soul Machine or something. The that's, Soul Machine? That's all those old Motown. That's the that's that organ on the old Motown. That's what it reminds me the of. The Soul of, Machine. Man. We like the Soul Machine. And it might not even be a Hammond B3 on all those old records, man. But in my head, that's yeah, what it that's is. What it you is. Know? Yeah. yeah. We have been talking with Josh Morningstar here on Americana Podcast, and really, really enjoyed it, Josh, and 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 enjoyed spending time with with you, and uh, just talking about everything from songwriting to motorcycles, and 
Uh, we've had a great, great time. So um, uh, uh, your your record that's out now is called The Plea, and he'll have another record out somewhere in late 2020 or 2021. So look for that. Uh, be sure and pick up some Josh Morningstar music if you get a chance. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, have great travels, you know. Good luck with your travels. Sir, thank you so much. This has meant so much to me. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. It's my pleasure. At this time, we would like to thank our host, Robert Earl Keane, the American Songwriter Podcast Network, and our guest, Josh Morningstar. Americana Podcast is brought to you by Keane Productions and American Songwriter. Produced and edited by Clara Rose, mastered by Pat Mansky, with original music by Kim Warner. Until next time, let the music play.